Welcome in to another episode of Clearing the Board Podcast, presented by Nachos and Analysis. I'm your host, Drew Archer, and welcome to episode 16, the big one six, sweet 16. Um, got a little different episode for you today. We're going to talk a little Thanksgiving here in the intro, and then we're going to get on a little bit of a, a current event. Um, Darren Kirkley was kind enough to sit down and talk with me about all the um, happenings and the crazy stories that came out of Astro World this year. I uh, know not necessarily food related, but um, it's a festival. There's food and beverage involved as part of the hospitality industry. Um, it was a big current event, and I thought it'd be great to get an expert's opinion on it. Um, after all, he's run festivals. He teaches it uh, both at the high school and the college level. Um, so later on in the episode, you'll get Darren Kirkley and I, our conversation a couple of days after uh, po- uh, post Astroworld. Um, so we recorded this about 10 days ago. So um, at this point, not necessarily the most um, current event, but still a good conversation. And then Obviously, you're listening to this today. This is Thanksgiving, so happy Turkey Day to all of y'all. If you know a pilgrim or an Indian, wish them, wish them happy Thanksgiving. Um, I kid. But uh, so, before we get started with anything, we got to talk about our beer sponsor. 13 Stripes been with us since basically the very beginning. Two great locations here in the upstate, one in Taylor's Mill, and then there new River Lodge location right there on the river uh, between Greenville and Easley. Um, today's beer, because we can't have an episode without a beverage, is their Fell and Fair Lager uh, coming in at a um, modest 4.5 ABV. Uh, and as always, great artwork, great food at the River Lodge location, and no matter where you buy it, either at the location or in one of the stores, great beer. So let's get that beer cracked. Oh, and I seem to have failed on my beer crack. My can did not open all the way. Well, that's anticlimactic. Let's see if I can safely uh, finish opening it here. There we go. Um, but. 13 stripes. Let me get my delayed first sip in here. And that's perfect. Right? Perfect for, I'm recording this on the eve of Thanksgiving, but a perfect beer to have with your Thanksgiving meal today if you're listening to it on the day this episode drops. So, um, on the topic of Thanksgiving, it's, uh, Probably the biggest food holiday in the United States. Um, it's one of my favorite days of the year. Um, I like to use it as an excuse to put gravy on literally everything. I get more excited about the gravy than everything else. And let's face it, the the leftovers are delicious. Uh, so if you don't already follow us on Instagram, shoot us a follow on Instagram at Clearing the Board Podcast. Uh, but let us know what's your favorite. Thanksgiving food. I also know there are a lot of Thanksgiving haters out there. So if Thanksgiving is not your holiday, um, let us know. Um, 
I personally think Thanksgiving gets a bad rap and gets skipped over. Everybody's already on to Christmas. I've seen Christmas decorations out everywhere. But um, why skip over the holiday that uh, pushes gratefulness and thankfulness? Um, so certainly looking forward to a big day of food and football and family. So the most important Fs. Um, but let us know your favorite. And uh, yeah, what's your favorite food holiday? You got to, granted, the, the holiday's not built around a meal per se, but 4th of July has got to, that's got to be there with a close second. I, I enjoy the 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 food of Fourth of July, grilling out, whether that just be something as simple as burgers and hot dogs, or whether you're doing barbecue, ribs, that sort of thing. So, happy Thanksgiving to everyone! Uh, and like I mentioned in the uh, the intro a minute ago, Astro World. Um, I'm not necessarily a Travis Scott fan, um, but this was a pretty big. Um, event that happened and um, I immediately thought of Darren Kirkley whenever this uh, this came up because I've, I've known uh, that, that he's run festivals in the past I know he teaches it um, I know he has more answers than I do just a, a cook working in the back of the house um, so I was excited to have him on for a conversation um, also in this episode we can't forget 86 of the week. This 86 of the week will uh, be Thanksgiving related. So, gonna 86 um, something that I find repulsive, um, but many people like, many people disagree with me. So, um, stick around after the Darren Kirkley interview for my 86 of the week. But without further ado, here's Darren. All right, well, welcome back in, Darren Kirkley, reoccurring guest. I guess this is your third time in on the podcast. Welcome back. You might officially be the the most uh, occurring guest, I think. I don't know. Setting records over here. Yeah, you are. Um, This kind of came about just kind of via text message, me reaching out to Darren, asking had he heard about the... uh, Astro World stuff, and because he teaches now, tell me the exact name of the class that you teach. It's event management. So it depends on what level we're talking about. At the high school level, it's event and entertainment management. Okay. At the university, it's tourism, festival, and event management. Okay. Similar, but a little different. Similar, but a little different. I was at the university level. We're focused strictly on festivals. Yeah. Um, Whereas the the high school level goes a little lower and it just does special events in general. So Okay. So yeah, festival's obviously part of it, but yeah. it's not exclusively on festivals. Yeah, you were you were one of the first people I thought of whenever I saw the news was it I guess last week, I don't know when I'm airing this, but uh the Astro World stuff and I was like, I bet Darren has an opinion about this and I bet Darren knows a lot more about the ins and outs of events like this than I do. Um, granted this has nothing to do with food, but I mean, events and festivals and concerts also incorporate food and beverage. So, um, in a roundabout way it's connected. So I, There's your I, tie-in. There's, that's for sure. Yeah. Food and beverage is a huge portion of oh, yeah. receipts at a festival. So 
just uh, disregard the drugs the people bring in themselves, uh, the the alcohol and all that stuff provided by Live Nation and all the event uh, folks. So uh, um, there is a tie in there, but uh, I thought since it's kind of a current and kind of a big issue, I'd like to have you on and get your perspective on everything. So yeah, sure. Appreciate you hopping in with me on this before you go to drive to North Carolina and go to the gym tonight. Yeah, so uh, I guess for um, now, is, can you hear me? My internet gave me a notification. Yeah, I hear you fine. Okay. Um, so, anyways, for those people who are listening that don't know exactly what happened, Astro World is a festival. I don't know how many years has gone on, but it's a a Travis Scott show in Houston. Uh, he's from, he's a Houston native and it's at Astro World, a former, um, park, kind of like Carowinds, Six Flags, Disney World, that kind of stuff. And he hosts a festival there every year, but, um, got kind of wild, got kind of crazy, uh, a lot of mismanagement in ways and ended up being, I think officially it was a seven deaths at first and now eight, uh, someone died in the hospital, um, later as a result of injuries from the the festival is, is that kind of what you heard darren yeah that's what i was trying to see i think we're at nine now oh the nine okay yeah and we're recording this on november 14th so uh numbers are based on on that but um i just remember hopping on i'm a new tiktok user so seeing all the my for you page on tiktok was flooded with Astro World stuff, and I was like, Darren probably has some answers or the expertise to be able to talk a little bit about <laughs> maybe what went wrong in that yeah. instance. What were your initial thoughts on the whole Astro World thing? Um, I mean, there's a lot of questions, a lot of things I still want to know. Um, obviously, guest safety um, is the utmost importance anytime you produce any kind of to try to keep everybody safe. And Drew, I think you are aware of this, maybe. Um, I mean, I've had some run-ins with this myself. Um, and back in my days of event management, I produced a festival for about 11 years of my life. And uh, year number one is when I had, um, unfortunately, somebody was, um, two people were injured at my event, and one person lost their life. Um, so instantly I just had flashbacks to that day of what I went through, a completely different scenario than what they went through. Shooting, um, but uh, this was a completely different scenario. But at the same time, you can't help but put yourself in their shoes and start thinking about it, what went wrong, what you could have done to try to prevent it. Um, yeah, you know, there's is there's there's a lot of questions, you know, from the promoter standpoint that you wonder, you know, of what happened or what went wrong or what exactly. I mean, I, I definitely would, from the promoter standpoint, it's going to probably take weeks to get all the medical records of what exactly the cause of death was um, for all nine of those. Cause I think the most recent one died again, like you were saying, somebody in the hospital. So I just saw it was a Texas A&M student who was a senior who passed away mm. um, afterwards. But, um, I, you know, I definitely, you know, it sounds like you're in a way unsensitive to the situation, but it's just being realistic as the promoter, you've got to know what went wrong, what you can improve on, what, what actually happened. So you're going to want to know that from the, from the, you know, 
standpoint of what was the true cause of death for those people. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not assuming any of them did drugs or were intoxicated. I'm not assuming anything, but you always, was it cardiac arrest? Was it suffocation? Was it a combination? Was there any drugs involved? Who knows? I mean, that's where you've got to let the medical examiners do that kind of stuff. So, um, that was obviously one thing that people are going to want to know. Um, yeah. For it. And then, yeah, one thing I found interesting is they did have different tiers of seating, um, even though it's a standing room kind of festival. But like most big music festivals like that, there are tiered different price points based on how close you are to the stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting um, to discover how many were in each section. Um, you know, was each section at its maximum capacity? Were people let in who shouldn't have been let in, um, whether it be into the event itself or into the different tiers? And then those people that um, have injuries, because it's like 100 that were injured as well, something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a large number. So, you know, with those that were injured and, you know, perished, did they, um, where were their seats? Where did these incidents occur? Was it, was it one, and I don't know the answer, maybe you do, was it one centralized area where these deaths occurred or was it spread throughout the event space? I, I don't know. Um, I'm I hadn't, going I, I off, hadn't seen that. Going off the reliable source that it is, old TikTok, um, there was one one series of TikToks, it was a guy who did like three or four, and he identified himself as an EMT at the event. Um, and the way he described it was, um, he was called to a specific scene, um, and on in pursuit of that scene, he ran into somebody else who needed assistance. I think I saw that guy. Yeah. And then when he had to go get a crash bag, he passed like three or four different places along the way. So that may have been in the rel- in like a general uh, area that were somewhat close. I don't know. Uh, but it doesn't seem like they were all right there at the same location. Um, the biggest thing that I don't, uh, or the biggest thing that I see and have heard is the problem is just, um, negligence on the part of like the security. Um, it, it seems like way more people were either led into the event center, whether they were let in or kind of forced their way in or, um, whether it be getting into the wrong section that they weren't supposed to, and then certain six sections reach capacity or far exceeded capacity. And well, that's, that seems like where the biggest problem was. Cause it seemed like if you've seen some of the videos, like I have, people were getting crushed up against that wall that was running down the aisle and up against the stage and that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, negligence in, in these situations is, um, exactly what you've got to, but what the attorneys are going to have to prove is that Live Nation was negligent. And that'll get into looking at everything. I mean, they'll look at the event layout. They'll look at the number of attendees. They'll look at um, the previous event. Because I think if I have researched this correctly, there were people who died at the last Astro World as well. I have um, not heard that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a situation um at the last one that I saw where there were three that in a stampede had um, passed away. I thought I'd seen that somewhere. But, um, yeah, at the first Astro World Festival in 2019, which was held at the same venue as this year's, three people were injured were injured in a stampede. So let me okay. correct that. It wasn't killed, but they were 
And so that's going to get, I mean, that's going to get brought up. I mean, that's information that's going to get brought up. You, you know, there's a history of problems and issues. What did you do different from the 19 event to the 21 event so that you weren't negligent? You're like you said, it's going to get back to staffing. Um, some of those, st- and we all know the labor issue we're in right now. So oh, yeah. who, knows, who knows how much actual training these people had, but I'm sure that's going to get part of the discussion of how much training they had, how many other events they had worked, what training methods were put into place for these people. Then we'll get to the discussion of how many people were there, um, trained, you know, that are security side, that were Live Nation staffers, that were, um, Security in general, like certified law enforcement officers, how many of those did you have an ample amount of those personnel present to keep people safe? Yeah. Um, based, based on 50,000 people, I mean, I'm not even going to start to tell you how many is suffices. I, I don't know. That's that's a whole <laughs> other beast in and of itself. That's a lot of say. people. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some equation out there to try to figure it out. I've never heard of one. I've never used one. But, um, you know, and it's funny because we were, we're – literally doing risk management in my college class and um you know we talked about the fact where you normally put um sworn staff versus non-sworn staff so your security guards versus your cops yeah Uh, and a lot of times you put the the non um sworn people at those those are the ones at the gate you're not putting true cops at the different tiers of the different gates of level of responsibility and I, yeah. I don't know if those people are making I mean, again it's if it gets to the point that it got and these guys are making 15 20 dollars an hour working security are they going to put their life at risk or are they just going to say forget it yeah yeah I, that's it's the reality yeah i don't know about the law enforcement staffing um but the the tiktok that i referenced of the emt that was working the event um he he reiterated the fact that he thought that they were well staffed and had ample amount of people um, for the the type of event and the uh, the large or the scale of the event, um, but they had just literally never seen anything quite like this before, um, and it was just they had the right amount of people, but it was overwhelming with the amount of people that were kind of going down and dropping. Um, oh, yeah. And for reference, if you hadn't heard, like people were basically getting, um, not not strangled, but couldn't. They were all packed in there like sardines to the point where people couldn't breathe, and people were. You got all that body temperature, and people going into cardiac arrest, and um, the they said it, one of the people I watched said that I've, I've never seen it. I've never experienced anything that bad. I've been at plenty of festivals, plenty of concerts, plenty of pit type situations, but they were like once you got in it. There was no way out. Like you're, you were just sort of flowing with the crowd, and your body was trapped. It was sort of like you just weave through it, like it was almost like water. Yeah, you know where you're going. So that's what it looked like too, because like the crowd, like they, the crowd just moved as one fluid motion. Like it was almost yeah. kind of rocking back and forth, almost like a wave crashing on the shore kind of thing. And um, personally, I'm not a big crowds person, so you're never going to find old Drew in a pit somewhere. Um, but I can't imagine just um, just being craned up against a wall like that, and um, and two going back to I don't know who may potentially be held responsible. Uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on like an artist like Travis Scott himself being responsible? Oh, I mean, in a way? He's going to you know he's involved in the way of producing. 
abusiveness. I, I know the first lawsuit that came out uh, like the day after. I mean, it, it took no time for the first lawsuit, maybe a day or two after. Um, there were 14 different people named in the lawsuit. Um, uh, but or 14 different names, not people, but names in general. So that doesn't surprise me that that happens. He's going to get named. I mean, it's what we, the way I teach it, it's called the deep pockets theory. I mean, they're going to go after anybody and everybody who has any say to do with that, um, that they can get the most money out of. Yeah. Know? And obviously he's got money. So they know if they can get money out of him, they're going to. Same thing happened. I don't know if you've ever seen the video, but when we get off, go back and check it out. It was at, the, I think, I show it every year. Literally, I showed it last week in class at the Minnesota State Fair. Probably within the last 10 years. I mean, it's older now, but it was um, a situation at a Sugarland concert where the stage actually collapses due to weather on the crowd. Oh, and wow. So you can go online and, you know, I always tell my kids, I give them a warning, like, hey, you're going to see people die. Now, you don't see blood, you don't see anything gory, but you see people standing there and you really do see the stage collapse um, on those people. And I forgot how many people died in that, but again, there were deaths and injuries. Um, and I lost my train of thought over that. Oh, what I was saying is with that Sugarland, I mean, Sugarland had not even taken the stage yet. They had not even sung a single song yet, mm-hmm. but they were named in the lawsuit. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, I mean, obviously they were performing at a state fair. It had absolutely nothing to do with them. Yeah. But but they were named in the lawsuit, too. They got so. the deep pockets. Oh, yeah. So, it's it, he's going to get sued. Like I said, he's got some tie-in to it as far as being the producer, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, I think they're going to go back and look at some of his other events and whether he sort of encouraged this type of behavior and whether that has led to the negligence of you knew this could be a problem because you knew he did this type of enticing people to do stuff. Um, I think that's going to get interesting of itself. I think it's going to get real interesting too. him going forward as a performer. Yeah. If venues are going to be willing to have him. Yeah. Yeah. He, as you mentioned, he previously had some incidences like this. Um, He'd been arrested. Um, I, I don't have the information in front of me, but had been arrested for inciting a riot, basically encouraging fans to uh, rush the stage past security. Um, and I mean, his shows are known to get kind of wild and crazy. And uh, I think if you combine that with way too many people, way too many people getting in sections and locations they're not able to withstand, and then you end up with this kind of disaster whether and then you can kind of get in the argument whether um should he have stopped the show i'm coming from my perspective never been a performer don't know what it's like up on a stage can he tell from a crowd hey something's going on i need to stop the show but then also you see these videos of people chanting stop the show and um so i, I think that, that, that's a good point you bring up i brought that up students mentioned that same thing about stopping the show. Uh, I, I, it, 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 I sound like I'm stuttering here, but it's not, yeah, I know what you're saying about, it. yeah, could he see the crowd, all that. I can tell you being on stage, it's hard. It's yeah. super hard to see 
out in the crowd, what's happening, what's going on now. There's a side of me that's like, you can't see the big ambulance that pulled up in the middle of there. Cause yeah, was, that one's a bit obvious. That was a bit obvious, right? So, um, so there's a side of me that's like that. There's another side of me that if you were to stop a show in a crowd that is already hyped like that with people under the influence of whatever it may be, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, the I don't know if that would cause even more of a riot or more of a situation to get out of control. Now, yeah. what I said to somebody was it could be in all of how you ended it and how you pitched that end. And I know that sounds like I'm being negative, but if you just got up there and said, you know, show's over, have a good night, obviously that's going to cause a problem. Yeah. If you said something along, and I don't know, I'm not, don't quote me, this is what you should do. This is not an expert telling you to put the sign up, but if you quote, if you ended it in some way that made them realize their safety was in danger, I think that would have a different meaning than just saying, hey, the show's over. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, hey, you need to exit the venue due to patron safety, due to security concerns, something that would give the sense that we're not just ending the show for the heck of it. There's a, legitimate reason that your safety is at risk. I, I think you'd still get some that are upset and mad. I, don't get me wrong. I just don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't think there's any precedent of that. I mean, I don't, but... Yeah. But yeah. I, mean, there's, I mean, anytime you have a live event, there's huge risk, there's huge responsibility, huge liability. I, I think that there's a lot that's going to be to come from this. You yeah. Know? So the, Nation, like I said, they've been hit before with, I mean, they're the largest producer here in the States. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure probably in, in most states. Yeah. I mean, I think they're, they may even be worldwide the largest producer. I mean, um, I know I saw that earlier, the one where Ariana Grande, the terrorist attack that happened there in England, mm-hmm. however many years ago that was, that was a live nation event. Yeah. The festival in, um, uh, that was a Live Nation event. So, Live Nation, unfortunately, I guess that just comes with the territory. The more you own, the more responsibility and more likelihood of having issues you're going to have. But yeah. I mean, they own they own a lot. People don't realize Live Nation owns all the House of Blues. They own almost all the amphitheaters. I mean, it's the overwhelming majority of the amphitheaters are Live Nation venues. Now, I knew the, I knew um, the amphitheater thing. I did not realize House of Blues. Yeah, House of Blues. Um, there's other venues, like smaller indoor venues, like the Fillmore in Charlotte. They, they own both, or manage, own, manage, whatever. Uh, both both amphitheaters in Charlotte, the one uptown and PNC. So, I mean, Live Nation's a beast when it comes to yeah. what they own and produce, you know? So, looking at it from a uh, an event host or coordinator, like you, you've had experience doing what, and kind of looking at this World thing, what what problems do you see and what can could be done to as far as change or what could have done to prevent that sort of thing? Um, I think, I think if we're going to get back to being um, major issues and concerns with staffing how that, in an adequate number, I think now you're going to see events what we probably consider overstaffed. Yeah. But now I think it's going to be we'd rather be over than under and have an issue. Yeah. Um, you might see attendance capped. I mean, 50,000 people for an outside festival venue like that, that's that's a lot. I yeah. Mean, but um, there's been much larger, too. Oh, yeah. 
you'll see some shrinking of event space sizes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, because there are some events that have, you know, Garth Brooks does that with his concerts. Instead of it being, you know, a one-night show, he'll do two or three. And yeah, yeah. And so they, they still manage to get, you know, whether it's the same people who buy tickets all three nights, that's all. I mean, it's a whole other story. But, um, you know, to, to, to lower that number of people that are in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I experienced the same thing uh, uh, two years ago, I believe, or shortly before the pandemic, Eric Church did a similar type thing where he was doing, I forget what he called it, but every city he went to was doing like two nights. Um, yeah. and I happened to go to the second night in Greenville. And, um, I, the, the arena did see, I went to uh, Bon Secours Wellness Arena here in Greenville. Uh, if you're a Greenville local, you probably still call it the Bilo Center. But, uh, um, it definitely oh, wasn't like jam packed. Do what? I said it'll always be the Bilo's. <laughs> I just saw a meme the other day, and it was like the the meme with like the screaming lady and the cat, and it was like the screaming lady was like it's Bonsacore's Wellness Center, and the cat was like nope, Bilo Center. <laughs> yeah. But no, I in my experience in that at least it didn't it didn't seem jam packed quite like other shows that I'd been there uh, to see. So I guess that would. Um, to your point, I think, guess that would probably help with the overcrowding and that kind of stuff. Um, and two, you, you bring want- up the staffing, like we are in the middle of the pandemic and literally everybody says they're hiring. Maybe, maybe you can attribute a little bit of it to that. And how much time did the people who are working security, how much time did they get invested in training and, and that kind of stuff? Or did they just volunteer to work that event to be at Astro World? Festivals are always, especially outdoor festivals, those get interesting in and of themselves, you know, because obviously weather plays a big, that's what Bonnaroo had to cancel this year because of weather. Yeah. Uh, you know, that there's, there's, there's always that concern too with an outdoor festival, but I do think going forward, there's going to be some, some changes for sure. I think Live Nation's going to have to, I don't know, they're going to have to come up with something. I mean, one thing that, blows my mind and I would love to know this and this is just totally because it was a Live Nation produced event by their own standards they would have had to have checked vaccine cards of every person who came to that venue oh so that's a policy of Live Nation right now vaccine that cards? is Live Nation's policy that they either have to have a vaccine card or a negative test within 72 hours so my question then goes to were you so focused on that that your stack because you with that many attendees just imagine the stack like we had to do it the other night in Charlotte when we went to the Fillmore which is another Live Nation venue and I was like it was an easy process because we got there in between the main act and the opener so like most of the people were already inside the venue there was no line outside the venue was pretty full I mean full for what they had sold tickets for that venue for mm-hmm. um, and I mean we literally talked about that like how would this look if this was like PNC with 18,000 people? Like, how are you going to get these people? So that's, that was my other question was like, was all your staffing sitting there trying to, are they actually checking it? Cause they did at this one. I will say they verified our IDs and our vaccine. We had like had printed documentation of, and I had had a negative test and the vaccine. So I was doubly safe. There you go. <laughs> I, got two, I got two check marks. Cause 
I have to get tested for work too. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just there's so many questions, and like I, I think I mentioned this to you earlier. Some lawyer somewhere has been on nothing but social media for the past week, downloading, saving every bit of bit of evidence. Yeah, you know that you have, and you know that's one thing I wonder going forward too. Is you know similar to. And this is a good one about how does this change going from here? I mean, is Big Brother going to be the next thing at festivals too? Is, uh, you know, like a couple of weeks ago when Tennessee showed how awesome they are and they threw all, all their stuff on the field. You mean um, the golf ball and the the mustard? Yeah, 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 yeah. When they, <laughs> when, when they were having fun, when they were showing their true colors, go balls. <laughs> um, so when they were doing that, you know, and they put out the thing saying that if they identified any of those as their students, they were going to get banned and all this kind of stuff. Uh, is that what we're going to see now? Is there going to be a bazillion cameras that are watching you every move so that you do something wrong or you do go crazy and cause issues or problems and things like that? Or fights? I mean, fights have always happened at events, but it, yeah. it's always sort of been brushed under. I'm not brushed under, but I've never, of all the concerts and festivals I've gone to, I've I've ever seen anybody truly arrested, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just not going to the most exciting events there are. But, <laughs> um, but you know, like, is that going to be the thing? I mean, could that be easily done, have a bazillion cameras looking at you? Probably so. I mean, yeah. It's expensive, don't get me wrong, but... Walmart does it. Yeah, I mean, so, I don't know, man. That may be something the future has to answer that question, too. I mean, are we going to have... A bazillion security cameras. I mean, yeah, and that's another thing too with this festival type environment, uh, and just kind of scrolling through TikTok and social media, learning about and just getting all these accounts from from Astro World. Um, people were referencing like the police officers and that kind of stuff, and like they're aware that there's like drug use going on and that kind of stuff, and a lot of these same police officers are. Um, kind of on like the festival circuit. So like the ones that are working it, they've also worked similar concerts and shows and uh, you're getting the same kind of people. And um, the the vibe at, at these kind of shows is, it's yeah, the, this police officer could know y'all are lighting up and, and passing the blunt around that kind of thing. But is it worth the risk, worth the time trying to handle this or more just kind of, just make sure everybody in general in the whole space is safe. And as long as there's not any problems being caused kind of thing. And, um, if what you're saying, it ends up being the thing, then you may see a, a big change in mood and environment and the whole vibe of shows and festivals change. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to see what, if, what strategies they have even checked. Cause Live Nation has a, they had one this weekend, I think it was right now, in Orlando, um, Carnival Days, which I think it's, it's all, I don't know, I just know they had one going on currently, um, I don't even know what genre of music, but there's there's a country, I don't know if that's Live Nation, that's the country one that's going on, yeah, it's got to be Live Nation, I know for a fact it's Live Nation, so I know they're having two different music festivals going on currently in Florida, so I wonder if they made any adaptations to that, um, or I mean, you know, is, do you, is it going to, I mean, it's no different than anything else. Is it going to be based on the genre and the crowd based on how you make your security plan? I mean, yeah. obviously you can have 15,000 people at ice skating and you can have 15,000 people at a rock concert and you're going to have different levels of security, you know, oh, just based yeah. on the, 
event. So I don't know. I don't know where that's gonna. I don't know. I think I think cameras are gonna be a thing though. Yeah, You're definitely. The the vibe of the artist and the show in general definitely does dictate it. And I mean, you hate to be discriminatory in any way, but like I took uh, Emily to a James Taylor concert, and I've always like bragged about how that was the most chill concert ever. Everyone sat in their seat the whole time. I didn't have to stand up. I didn't have to worry about anybody standing up in front of me. He was just kind of telling stories in between songs, and it was like chill. I mean. That's night and day compared to the Travis Scott concert where people are encouraged to be energetic and and he feeds off the crowd's energy and that sort of stuff. So um And there's so much stuff that I like about you know, I'm not a Travis Scott fan. That's not what I listen to. It's not anything I have against the guy. I mean it's everybody has their own genres, but there's something about the production sometimes that I like about events. I mean, he's big in pyrotechnics and flames and fireworks and Yeah. That. I love that part of festivals. I do. I think it, but again, it does hype that crowd up. Oh know? yeah. Um. So, I, mean, I don't foresee that disappearing per se, but his what he says personally may have to change. Like if there is times where he said do this or do that or instructing people to break rules or regulations, that's gonna yeah could come back major. Yeah. Major issue. I think it's going to be, I mean, that's the thing, you know, there's, there's going to be some changes, but I hate to say it. There's just, there's just a risk with events. There is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a good thing to think about, but you know, no matter the size, no matter whatever, there's, there's a risk and somebody somewhere. I mean, I, I think that, I think they'll get sued for negligence. I think there'll be a, a payout. I do. Um, do I think Live Nation will still be here tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Live Nation is so big, and as sad is as sad as it sounds, like I mean, they're gonna likely end up being sued or settling, and they're gonna pay the money, and it's gonna be, everybody's gonna move on, and um, that's gonna be that. Live Nation's gonna still be around. You're not gonna have them going out of business or that that sort of thing. So, um. Sure, it's probably going to hurt their bottom line, but I mean, the shows will still go on. Um, yeah. It's just a matter, I guess, how they react and how they adapt. So, yeah. for sure. Well, man, I uh, appreciate you carving out some time to to hop on with me on this yeah, man, lovely Sunday always, night. I appreciate it. You know, I'm not the I'm not the culinary guy like you, but I I I can talk other sides of the business for sure you're you're my uh, hospitality tourism and event management uh expert so uh, yeah, you may I'm get called expert, upon <laughs> we got a, a big event going on in the state coming up in uh, about two weeks in columbia yeah, yeah. are you gonna be there um, um i'm i'm saying no um, a big, uh, a big, uh, factor in whether I come to Columbia is how, uh, Clemson plays Wake Forest this week. So we'll see. I've, I've been saying no, but I don't know. If Clemson beats Wake Forest, maybe I'll change my mind. All right. Well, I'll be there for sure. It'll be, I'll be there this weekend, next week. Hotel rooms booked. So if you need a place to crash, you're, you're more than welcome to. Cool deal. Just as long as you're not tailgating the Memorial lot. No, no, no. 
I'm, I'm past. I'm not trying to hang out with the kiddos. I'm past that. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. Peace. All right. Big thanks to Darren Kirkley for hopping on with me. Very short notice to discuss Astro World. Hope you enjoyed it. A little something different uh, than just typical food talk. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I can't let you go. Can't do an episode without leaving you with 86 of the week. Um, one thing I wanted to mention. If you are interested in sponsoring the segment 86 of the week, we're looking for 86 of the week sponsor. Um, the more clever the sponsorship, the better. Um, I feel like there's some puns to be made with 86 and something. So, hey, if you're the Magic Eraser brand, why don't you uh, sponsor my 86 of the week segment? Um, if you're Glad Trash Bags, why don't you 86 or be my 86 of the week sponsor? Uh, because sometimes some of my 86s are trash based on some of the feedback I get from some of the listeners. But uh, if you're interested in sponsoring the 86 of the week segment, by all means, reach out. We're looking. Also, something to keep an eye out. We are growing as a podcast. We're looking to expand our audience from the few million people that currently listen to. Uh, we're basically trying to go worldwide. Um, and if you've listened from the beginning, you I mean, you understand this, this podcast, the, the content we're putting out, the world needs to hear. So um, hopefully some big news coming soon. Um, and keep an eye out for um, a potential Patreon account coming out in the future uh, that will give our um, dedicated listeners an opportunity to support the podcast um, even more than they currently are uh, to help us make everything smoother, better. Um, I'm not the best with microphones and mic check and editing and that sort of stuff. And honestly, the more money we get in here, the better I can get at that. Um, as you could tell in that Darren Kirkley interview, I just decided, Hey, it was a good idea to adjust my microphone mid interview. Um, hence why I got a little bit quieter. So, um, we're, we're looking at ways to monetize in the podcast to get better equipment. Um, maybe hire someone much more qualified than I to edit these things. Um, but be on the lookout for that. But Without further ado, 86 of the week, um, and we can't do 86 of the week on a Thanksgiving Day episode without mentioning Thanksgiving. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyways, my 86 of the week, I don't know how controversial this is. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people that have this opinion, um, but today I am on the eve of Thanksgiving, you're listening to this on Thanksgiving Day. You may or may not have had this already. Um, but cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce is this week's 86 of the week. So let's get into that a little bit. Cranberry sauce. Growing up, the cranberry sauce that I identified on a Thanksgiving table was not a sauce, in fact. It was more of a gelatinous blob. Um, so maybe your family grew up making cranberry sauce or maybe like mine, 
you grew up with that gelatinous can that even though you got it out of the can, it still has the ridges and the shape of a little 12 and a half ounce can or however big it is. Um, that I am 86 in. That's not a sauce. That is not appealing to the eye. And nor do I just in general, I don't like cranberries. Um, as I've gotten older, my mom has switched to making cranberry sauce. Even still, mm, not a fan of it. Uh, but the thing that grosses me out the most is that canned cranberry sauce. Um, I can't be alone in that thought. There has to be others of you out there uh, that, that kind of side with me on this one. So 86 of the week, cranberry sauce, no matter the form, but especially the canned version. So let me know what you think. As always, check us out on Instagram at Clearing the Board Podcast. I am about to wrap this up. Uh, like I mentioned 17 times, I find a way to repeat myself. I'm recording this on the eve of Thanksgiving. And as soon as I'm done with this, I'm immediately recording another episode, which you'll hear in two weeks. And this one is highly anticipated. This one will be with my wife, Emily. So she is anxiously awaiting in the other room for me to wrap this up so that her and I can record an episode. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but hope you all have a very Merry Thanksgiving. And does, do people say that? Merry Thanksgiving? I don't think they do. Regardless, be thankful and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Peace.